Von here, Senior Ecosystem and Partnerships Associate at Beyond Form. We are back with the first ever episode of 2023, where we consider the different ways to upskill this year. Whether you are a fashion designer looking to add some tech innovation into your brand, or a data scientist or any tech person or anyone else from outside of the fashion world looking to apply your expertise to the fashion industry, this discussion helps you to understand how you could learn about the other side of whichever skill you're wanting to do or learn this year. You'll be hearing in this episode, Peter and I speaking with Beatrice Newman, head of fashion at University of East London, owner of Kerlerki, as well as founder of Mode, which is one of the startups that is incubated at Beyond Form Venture Studio, talking all about the ways in which we can upskill this year, as well as benefit ourselves on a personal as well as professional level. Sometimes we look at all of the things going on and we feel like we need to be present for all of them, but I think sometimes it's about picking and choosing and thinking about what works for you. Not everyone needs to do 3D sort of 3D asset design, especially if that's not really what your business is about or what it's doing, it might not be the right time. Be sure to listen to the end so that you can get some tips on how you could upskill this year. Hey everybody, it's Peter Junho Sankey, the CEO of Beyond Form, and I'm joined by Von and I'm joined by Beatrice. Hi everyone. Hi. <laughs> so today's podcast episode is about the new year and how if you're working in fashion how you could potentially upskill for some of those more industry hot topics and sought after skills moving forward so in today's episode of course we have the lovely one with us as normal but we're also joined by Beatrice Newman who is head of fashion at the University of East London she has her own fashion brand called Collar Key she has studied fashion design and digital fashion and has been in the industry for several years. Um, so she's going to be giving some insights today and some thoughts as to what professionals, entrepreneurs, students and anyone looking to upskill in 2023 might want to think about when choosing the right courses or programs or what skills to focus on. Um, so in terms of today's episode, just a little bit of a context, we have seen actually over the last even five years, very recently, skills like digital fashion, creating 3D assets using Chrome 3D or Rhino or Browseware are very much in need now. Companies like Nike, Adidas, and even your mainstream high street ones have sprouted their own digital fashion departments. We see from a business side that a lot of the more management roles now are asking for data analytics skills, data science skills, and some of those left field skills that were not necessarily associated with fashion in the past. We, you know, myself and one working with IFA Paris, one of our other partners, we have fashion brands coming to us that are looking, actually looking for uh, fresh graduates with innovation skills, with technology skills, with sustainability skills, and all of this plethora as the industry moves forward. So that is today's topic. Beatrice, starting off with you, please do tell us about, about your background and how did you get into the fashion industry? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Peter. So um, I guess 
I don't want to say like the majority of, uh, of designers, but when you hear the majority of designers speak about how they got into fashion, I think a lot of them have said they used to uh, flip through the pages of Vogue magazine, or they saw their, one of their parents either being a tailor or a seamstress to VIP or personal clients. Um, personally for me, um, it was, uh, I I loved fairy tales, um, Disney princess. I was all about the little princess, you know, when I was young. And that sort of transformation point where they sort of went from rags to riches or um, I don't want to say ugly because they weren't necessarily ugly, but there was this moment within the film where they just changed and, you know, they let it go, quoting Frozen here. And I just said that I wanted to be, I would love to be able to be part of someone's transformation because I thought there was something quite special and unique about that. Um, and uh, when I, I think, developed over the years and began to understand different types of career in a creative field and realised that fashion was actually a potential career to go down, I think I was like, right, this is probably what I really want to do. Um, I think that decision was solidified when... Um, who remembers cable and watching fashion TV, for instance, um, that you know how old I am. Um, and uh, seeing one of the um, John Galliano shows for Dior, I think it was titled um, uh, Empires or Princes and uh, Princesses or something like that. But the gowns are just so amazing and extravagant. I never knew that fashion could be so explorative um, and so unique and inspirational. So I was like, if he can do it, this is something that I definitely wanted to explore myself. So that's how I actually got into fashion. So it gives our listeners some context. Beatrice is also the founder of Mode, one of the Beyond Form Venture Studio incubated startups. What is Mode, Beatrice? So Mode is an online fashion educational platform. Um, if we just maybe backtrack a bit because you did also ask me how I got into the fashion industry and I think it's really important to then understand why mode comes into it so just like um, many other uh, designers in this sort of generational um, age uh, I went to fashion school um, studied fashion design um, and I guess as my experience and my understanding of the whole industry grew, I then moved forward into, I guess, um, developing in the fashion industry, either by internship, working in retail, um, and then coming into my own um, by launching my brand, Koleki. Um, on the side, I was working within academia. I kind of fell into academia um, as opposed to something that I wanted um, as, a, as a career for myself. Um, and that was just based on numerous competitions that I had entered when I was a student doing my BA. Um, and I guess people just loving the stuff that I had done. And I was kind of a crazy student at that point, crazy in being that a lot of my stuff was just heavily embellished and I hardly ever slept. And I guess it rubbed off the right way of people in the industry because they would always talk about my process um, and they wanted me to share my experiences. So one thing led to another um, and being within the educational academia system, I began to realize some of the loopholes or things that were missing from the curriculum um, that not because it was missing on purpose, but I mean, you think three years and a degree is, is long, sometimes four or five for those who do foundational goal and placement. But actual fact, there's there's 
there's so much more to learn within fashion. And once you kind of finish university, you can feel like a fish out of water. You're, you're drowning. You don't have the same support system as you had before. And you're left to figure things out on your own, particularly on the side of business, which they don't really teach in traditional fashion education. So enter mode, the online fashion platform, educational experience where we really tackle subjects around business entrepreneurism within the creative and fashion space is very different from actual business and um, I think we need to highlight that um, and it also looks into um, common um, themes that are really important now in the development of the industry such as uh, technology and also sustainability um, and we seek to work with not against universities because it's important i think to really uh, develop the educational system that we do have um, um across the world um and i think be that bridge um and further support for current students and also graduates and those students who, um or people who don't really want to go to university but do want to start a career because you can also do that as well but you just need further information so mode acts as a bridge from fashion education into the industry thank you so much for that um that background there um it is quite interesting that you mentioned obviously how you kind of got into the academia side of things uh, from actually basically working hard and being noticed for <laughs> for it pretty much. Um, I can imagine you don't miss those kind of prob probably what you had as um, all-nighters and stuff as well. Oh my god, fun. <laughs> I can't even begin to explain. Nightmare. <laughs> um, but actually then uh, you did obviously go on to mention about the important skills that um, you are actually covering as well in uh, mm. what well, from mode um, mm. and obviously this will it's kind of like two two way thing. Um, there's obviously students who would come to you uh, wanting to develop a brand um, from mode. Uh, then on the flip side, there may be people trying to understand how brands work. Um, and in this case, going back to those um, other skills and other broadness of what fashion is now really delving into, um, mm. such as obviously 3D assets, uh, creation, data science, and obviously, like you said, sustainability management as well. Um, so in this case, what would you actually say is um, well, in, what individuals should focus on when upskilling actually in these areas? When I first saw those questions, I feel like they all work hand in hand together. It's very difficult to kind of take them apart because you'll start one thing and then it kind of needs the other one to kind of make it work. But if I had to put them in order of succession in how you would develop a fashion or creative business, um, I think for me, the sort of 3D data, I'm sorry, the data science aspect um, of understanding within the fashion industry is very, very important. What we mean by data science, just in case some of you don't know, is sort of general trend forecasting, understanding your customer, you know, things like that. If you don't really understand your customer, it means you don't really understand the product you're developing. You're just really simply an artist putting things out there. Um, so where we come from in the, from the mode aspect, for instance, is really understanding your product within the customer space. What do they actually really like tweaking and refining? When you've kind of got the data science bit down, you would then sort of move towards building the structure of the business because I guess by that time, things are working out for you. So I would then say you'd move on to actual sustainable management. When What I interpret by that though is not just about the materializations that you use, which 
um, conversations tend to go down when we talk in fashion, like, oh, it's the, the, the sustainable materials, etc. I think we need to be honest that even the most sustainable materials are not necessarily always sustainable too. Um, and there's always just going to be this whole argument. So it's great to think about that when you're looking at the product, but I think it's also important to think about sustainability from an infrastructure perspective. So um, the people you employ, the logistical systems of getting it from um, points A to B, you know, all of that sort of um, footprint waste that some brands or majority of brands don't tend to look at because they just sort of pick the first thing that comes out. It's very easy for them. And as long as the product's coming out, you know, they're really happy. But I think we're moving into an age where we have to be a lot more conscious about the decisions that we make as individuals and how that actually impacts more individuals around us. So I think it's being more careful and cherry picking who you work with and understanding why you work with those companies, why you purchase materials from them, so on and so forth. And perhaps even being a bit more local um, in regards to how you produce. Um, and then we get to 3D asset management, which can still sort of be done a little bit more earlier. But um, I think that's also more explorative. So once you've got, again, the data science and um, the sustainability management angle down, I think you can then further explore, okay, how does 3D asset management um, move forward into boosting my business? For example, with Kolecki, I'd say that we're in a, a space now where we've kind of got the data science down. We're working with manufacturers, so the sort of sustainability infrastructure is being built. And we're now at a point where, just like any creative, we're burning with desire to create new designs. But we don't want to create new designs because that's just kind of against the business structure we're developing and we don't know if our customer is actually going to buy it we just want to design for design's sake so I think part of that whole bringing 3D um, asset into our work would be maybe using um, AI software where we can showcase sort of input into the algorithm some designs that we've done some keywords etc and then a computer generates a design for us we can put it out there and not only sort of grow our following grow our brand and interest but if people are starting to say this looks really cool i really like that then we already know sort of linking back into data science that this is what our customers actually really like and then move forward to actually producing it so Long-winded answer, but yeah, <laughs> data science, sustainable management, and then uh, 3D assets. But like, would you focus, try, try to focus doing on all of these things or one thing over the other? Like, where does one actually focus? Oh, this is a hard question. I mean, um, if, no, actually, it's not a hard question because if you consider um, about 10, 15 years ago, even though sort of 3D technology was in a hemisphere, it, it's not as intuitive as it was today. So consider that that wasn't really available. You sort of then start thinking about data science, which has kind of been there in, in, in the ether or in the air, but no one really sort of tagging, naming it. They're just doing it without realizing. So for me, data science is a no brainer. That's how we started off. And then you then eventually got into sustainable management when people began to realize that the tra traditional way of doing fashion business wasn't sustainable at all. So you, you did it that way and then you eventually get to 3D asset management. I mean, that's the way my mind thinks. I'm not saying it's the only way. There might be some businesses that actually do start from the 3D asset management that might actually be the whole business infrastructure. And so then it would move across into then data science and then back into sustainable management. So I think it depends on your business. Um, 
looking at the traditional fashion business, the way I've approached it, it works better for me in the way that I've illustrated. I don't know what about you, Ron, but I think for me, I've naturally always gravitated, gravitated towards more of the technology side of things from an upskilling perspective. Definitely when I was studying X amount of years ago, there was no technology or innovation in there. There was the beginnings of sustainability as a theme, but at a very surface level. So I think I think as a, from an upskilling perspective, I think it's good to always, of course, have an eye on what is happening in all areas, but I don't think you can always do just one thing. I don't know if you think the same thing, Vaughn. Yeah, I definitely agree, um, because especially now, um, you know, there are a lot of things that are happening in the fashion industry, and I'm sure that there are students who may, if they are keeping up with the news, who may be coming across all of these other uh, tech things that we are obviously interested in, um, and then wondering, okay, so how on earth am I going to even know about this? Because like when dealing with fashion design students, for example, uh, some of whom I've spoken to directly um, have just said they had no clue uh, where to start when it comes to fashion tech, especially when uh, more kind of like directly speaking in terms of like the digital fashion side, um, how do I learn this software uh, and, and things like that? So I think that is obviously one way why it's important that it is being offered in schools, for example, and obviously other extra courses. Um, but when it comes to then really defining the first step to exactly which which one is the most important to upskill, it can be really difficult to choose, to be fair. Um, it's quite easy once you start to know yourself, I guess, as a, as a designer. Obviously, if you are looking to make a brand, it does become quite easier because you can just easily kind of attach it to your values um, and where you're going to get the most out of your brand really and, and and things like that but um other people may argue that uh, as a brand they're probably trying to actually uh focus on the marketing side of it like they just want to stand out so they're just going to add some tech to it or, or or something um so i guess then it really does then also depend on your personal goals as well like what what you're going to get out of upskilling yourself in this specific area yeah no i completely agree with that so Beatrice, where does somebody start there and how do they go about it? Um, segue into like a mini picture mode. But yes, how does somebody start? Oh, I think that's a tough question because I think as um, Vaughn very eloquently put, there is no, I, f I don't feel like there is any road map per se. You kind of just know when you need to move to the next step because things are just are progressing you're like okay i need a bit of this or i need a bit of that um based on a lot of the companies that have come through mode um i mean we've had like sort of three different types of uh people or student um so if we look at it from a student perspective they'll come to mode just to really understand the business side um and so this is really where i think mode supports them in their understanding and giving them the confidence that they need to well, to be upskilled in, in that business side, particularly also the financial and really understanding what it means to be fashion. I think, I don't know if you would agree, Peter or Vaughn, but when we were students, we were sort of dazzled by the catwalk and the glitz and glam and the fame of fashion. But then you get into fashion and it's it's really not glitz and glam. <laughs> and no matter how... <laughs> and no matter how famous you are, if you don't have a good business 
infrastructure put in place i mean the finances and the money just drains from your bank account very quickly and you just find yourself in debt so i think having that knowledge of business and finance is super important and so that's what we do for graduates for those who have sort of graduated for a longer time and have already maybe established their brand i think mode really supports um more their understanding of how they can further diversify and develop their products. So we've had really amazing um, uh, people and companies or brands come on board um, where they're doing really, really well, but then the business is kind of slowing down in regards to growth. And so Murray really starts to get them to think a little bit more about how are they sort of changing in regards to from i guess the data science perspective their customer has it moved on has it progressed are their customers looking for something else that they're maybe not fulfilling um so it's constant research isn't it we tend to forget about that as designers because in our heads we're always thinking we have one design code and as long as i keep dishing those looks out people are gonna buy but things change trends change and all of these things so i think we need to always be on the cusp of how can i continue to diversify my my business in that way so again segueing back into the whole data science thing it's understanding how these three points move together in a cycle um so yeah i don't know if that answers your question peter uh in terms of where does somebody start i guess how have you stayed relevant beatrice yeah um I think it's a tough one because with Mode, um, we talk a lot about this whole developing a business from a one product perspective. And like I was illustrating before, um, I think it gets to a point where your business can grow quite well with that one product and with variations that you just now want to start creating. Especially when you're on social media a lot promoting, you see other brands doing really great things. It's very easy for you to forget what you're focusing on and just start to just do things um in the name of being relevant but i think trends come along um they turn around pretty quickly within fashion fashion to a point where we have so many tribes if you want to call them of different types of customers who wear things consistently or or like to rotate their their wardrobe so i think it's about being on the beat with what's going on worldwide, not particularly always within fashion. I always like to say to my students, you need to be reading what's going on in the newspapers around the world globally, um, because these actually influence things of what's actually happening within fashion as well. Um, I mean, a very sort of easy uh, uh, way we can talk about how you stay relevant and what's going on with, within the world is, for instance, we look about sustainability and not just maybe um, materialization, but production. Isimiyaki was phenomenal in how he used um, machinery and technology to create pleats, please, um, and uh, garments that didn't necessarily need to be, I think, cut or sewn, or they were all done on a tube, for instance. And that, in a way, was explosive in how you could, you know, redevelop your fashion style in using production as a way of inspiration um so i feel like i'm answering your question but i'm just answering it in so many different ways peter <laughs> um because i don't really feel like there's any one way of staying relevant and i think when we talk about relevance in fashion i don't know if relevance actually 
exist because there are just so many different types of people in the world. I think it's really important to stay true to who you are um, whilst also understanding how your product can diversify but still have your unique code within it. Yeah, which is great and completely makes sense um, in terms of obviously like also brand identity, uh, who again, who, who you are as a designer um, and completely love Please Please, by the way, <laughs> one of my favorite collections. Um, and actually on that as well, you mentioned looking kind of outside of fashion for further inspiration uh, as to kind of what you're working with uh, in fashion. Um, but how does one kind of go about that? Um, besides you, you mentioned uh, kind of looking at the news and stuff how can one really delve into it actually um, as maybe like a professional entrepreneur designer smaller brand who really does want to get in touch with other industries um, such as tech um, that's a completely different world to fashion and bringing it in to actually kind of make it work and still bring that into their own fashion space um, I mean sometimes we look at all of the things going on and we feel like we need to be present for all of them but I think sometimes it's about picking and choosing and working what work and thinking about what works for you um not everyone needs to do 3d sort of 3d asset design especially if that's not really what your business is about or what it's doing it might not be the right time we need to consider that majority of designers that come through mode are startups who don't necessarily have a lot of capital and even if they did have a lot of capital, it's about really, I think, put forward within the, the product. And you don't want to diversify your business too quickly because it becomes too difficult to manage, especially if you're kind of the only person on your team, right? So I think it's about just really instigating strategy. What is your strategy within the business and what what are you trying to do? And once you've kind of understood what that end goal is, I think you can then consider what's most important and what can I maybe move forward to doing later on. When you think that way, I think, let's say now with Kolaki, I want to move into 3D asset management. Um, I've kind of reached a point in my business where I can manage it so if I do need to take a few courses I need to spend a little bit of money it's strategically you know been set in stone for this year so I have the time to do it as opposed to someone saying I want to do 3D asset and I also want to do this new collection I mean you're never really going to have the, the mindset physically to put you're all into it and do a really good job of it. And I think that's what we, we see a lot today is that designers are trying to be a jack of all trades, master of none. Um, the industry is asking us to be a jack of all trades, but it doesn't also mean you can't sit down and just slow it down, right? And take the time you need to learn. And whether that's through internship, which I think is probably the best way in which you can learn from um, some of these you know new things going on, um, internships, um, coming on board to platforms like Mode, where you're having um, experts of industry talking you through some of the things that you're doing. So it's not just, again, dazzle and sparkle within a name and I'm just going to learn Code 3D. But it's like, well, why are you doing Code 3D and how does it work within a business? So theory into practice. Um, and then I think also just by reading, we forget that reading is actually pretty important and um a lot of my students tend to forget that or they don't read and they come on a design degree thinking all they're doing is going to draw and to make but actually I've been inspired by some of the amazing sort of words that are put on display on the page to me so it helps me really understand 
um, how it how it would work in reality, whether that's reading um, of uh, or what's it called shoe dog from nike there's one by alexander uh, with alexander mcqueen and john gallio and i've completely forgotten the name of it um and understanding that process to regular blogs such as the business of fashion or even like fashion tech you know industry news and understanding how you would apply it i think social media has become a really great news platform as well where um accounts who are using for instance ai or 3d asset development um shows you how things can be utilize for your business and so you might then want to further explore even collaborate we, we don't talk a lot about collaboration but collaborations are also there so um i guess in a nutshell one there are many ways into the industry and in how you can further develop yourself in all of these different aspects but it really just again going back to what you were saying earlier it depends on where you are within your business um and understand how it strategically fits in otherwise there's really no point sometimes doing certain things if you, you haven't even got your business set set out yeah I completely agree i think uh, there are a lot of people who do try to kind of fit everything in in one and then you end up just losing well if from a brand perspective you end up just kind of losing the whole point and it can actually even be confusing for the customers in fact yeah. as well yeah. um just where where you stand yeah. um but yeah, on that note, uh, what are your top five tips for upskilling in 2023? Um, I think it's a tough one. You can also, I guess, get in touch with kind of what you may have done in the past um, to learn a new skill. For example, um, if I'm correct, Koleki is doing uh, crochet. So in this case, that is a type of upskill from what you may have already learned in fashion school. So in, you know, kind of how did that go about and obviously other things yeah okay so let's try and break it down um i think from a colleague perspective top five tips for upskilling upskilling in 2023 is first of all know your craft what you're selling <laughs> um it's not about developing a whole collection of artistic looks and then putting it on social media no i think you need to understand what your brand is saying about you what's your narrative and what what is your product offering that people are going to remember you by um and i don't know people might be thinking well how does that what does that matter in regards to upskilling well for Koleki, we were doing a lot of everything um and it didn't really make sense it, as you said one our customers were actually quite confused so when we just focused on a particular type of crochet knit style um, and we knew what we, the product we were offering, we were then able to further develop that um, technique and actually finesse it to the point where it can actually be reproduced, not just by me, but by a factory. So number one, know, know who you are and what you're presenting, what your product is. Um, I think number two was in my head, so I'm just going to say it is, I think it's really important to gain feedback about what you're developing because again that is part of upskilling again a lot of creators feel like they don't need to hear feedback um or they're very scared of hearing feedback especially if it's negative um but um no one can really grow in this industry if you're not really kind of falling down learning from your mistakes getting up again and trying again so i think that's actually a really important part of um upskilling Three, obviously enroll onto mode, <laughs> take one of our courses <laughs> because that in itself is upskilling from a business perspective and strategy. And you have 
experts um, on hand at your whim to support you through some of the questions that you might ask whilst taking the course and hopefully solidify a little bit more um, of your knowledge of, of business um, and a little bit of financial management. Um, last two, so um, for, uh, hmm, I think four would be, I think it's okay to explore um, other types of businesses that you're, that you're admired by and look at their business infrastructure and see how how that can sort of really work for you and, and maybe what you're doing, what what they're doing differently compared to yours and, and why they're successful and see how you can further build into um, what you're doing. Um, and then five, if you can travel, I would say, you know, get out there, travel, go see what's happening globally within the world. If that's up through, you know, fashion weeks or if it's trade shows or just sort of general enjoyment, there have many, many great businesses have um, come out of people just traveling around the world, meeting different types of artisans and seeing a gap in the market where they can bring it back to certain places um, and create a business out of it. So, I mean, I, I would say traveling is, is a huge thing, um, particularly from a globalization perspective. Fashion is global. It is not just Western, which tends to be, you know, the talk of fashion majority of the time, but there's so much out there to be explored. And if you really want to understand diversity, which has become a huge talking point, diversity, not just in race, but I think also in um, sort of form in regards to body, different sizes, men, women, transgender, you know, LGBTQ, and then even those um, uh, who have sort of many different ways of operating um, for instance, they sit down most of the time because of a disability and stuff like that. So I think getting yourself out there, really understanding what's going on within the world and, and how you can further develop yourself. I, I would say that in thinking about it in that way, you're not only just being a designer, but this is what business is about. It's finding the gap in the market and then applying your artistic skills in developing something truly special that people would love. Perfect. So on that note, Beatrice, who doesn't need an excuse to travel? <laughs> you That's it. I want to travel. <laughs> exactly. That is a great top tip. So how does anybody that's interested in mode actually go into the website and join? Um, so you can go to um, joinmode.org. Um, everything's there. Click on the sign up link. You will get um, a full breakdown of the course and what you're going to learn and you can just apply. It's just £95, which is like a huge, great, you know, starting price for what we're offering. Um, and we'll be launching more courses in the future, which we're really excited to present to you. So um, hit that button. And if you have any questions, feel free to send us an email and you can also um Follow us on social media, Instagram um, at um, Mode Education. Thank you so much, Beatrice. Thank you for listening. We will be releasing episodes at least once a month with each episode featuring a different topic. We'll also have guests joining us such as founders from our portfolio of startups and fashion industry insiders from our incredible network to bring further discussions on sustainability, fresh perspectives on design and many more all related to fashion tech. Be sure to check us out on social media at beyondform underscore io as well as our website beyondform.io for updates. 
Beyond Form brings human and financial resources together to launch and scale early stage fashion tech startups with ambitious founders. We hope to potentially see some of you joining our venture studio very soon. Don't forget to drop us a line if you'd like to hear us talk about a specific topic. Until next time.